everyone from me, Brent Graham. It's Thursday night. Thursday night, nine o'clock. For the handicap rugby chat that matters. Good to be with you on this Thursday. We've had two weeks off. I went to go watch a bit of club rugby last week. But I must say, from a betting perspective, absolutely gagging to get it stuck into some rugby championship action this weekend. And uh, that's obviously what we're going to focus on first and foremost. But let's start by introducing the guests. And uh, I'll start at the top of the screen there. Uh, Oracopedia, last time Oracle Rugby tried to come on, he was battling with technical problems. He's got bright light now. I've tested his mic. Everything's working well. And Oracle, uh, welcome back to the show, mate. Good to have you on. Yeah, how's it, uh, Harry, uh, conductor, Brent, yeah, how's it, everyone, uh, all the viewers? Um, so, the, so that night uh, that I was supposed to be on with you lot, I, I learned something at the age of 51. I didn't realize that I, well, I battled to understand why I could watch the show, but I couldn't contribute. And one of the technical guys at work said to me, listen, you know that 50, uh, 50, 10, and 25, 5 that the internet service providers sell you? Well, the one numbers are download and the other one's an upload. And if you're trying to upload, you're going to go at a hell of a lot uh, slower speed. So I didn't realize I was trying to upload at 10 when I could download at 50 because I couldn't understand why I was on the – well, I could watch the show and obviously make comments. But, yes, I do apologize. It was a horrible night that particular night. The following week, I was back on again, and um, yeah, and, and tonight there is load shedding around, um, but we don't have it tonight where I live. So yeah, thanks very much, and thanks for having me back on the show. Excellent, welcome to all the boys in the live chat there. Uh, Mark Dunphy, of course, coming in early in the morning there where he is. Uh, David Snello in Sharkbrain asking, uh, "How's it, guys? Where's Henrik? Henrik uh, Swat, I think he's referring to these days. Henrik will definitely be on the show again soon. He took a little bit of a break." For the internationals, he did join us probably about three weeks ago, and he's going to be back on soon. He's also got issues such as load shedding and stuff like that to worry about at the moment, as all of us in South Africa do. But one man who doesn't have that problem, and he's not in South Africa, he's in the States, and it's Harry. How are you? Uh, welcome back to the show, man. Great to have you on. How's it, Brent? How's it, guys? Actually, uh, Texas, where I am, is kind of starting to go into load shedding territory as well because it's 4,000 degrees and uh, living in an inferno. But uh, yeah, it's very great to be on with you guys. Thanks, and we're looking forward to getting your comments on the Rugby Championship and also chatting to you about the fact that you'll be over in Australia for, for the Bok Games there. Yeah. But let's go down to the man in his cave at the moment. Now, he has actually got load shedding, and I must just say at this particular point, guys, I've had so many power failures this week, non-load shedding related. So if I get cut out, just bear with me. I'll be back as soon as I can. But he's sitting there in his cave, and uh, yeah, it's a conductor. <laughs> conductor, mate, how are you doing? Great to see you. Yes, Brenty, well in yourself. Yeah, it does look like um, busy filming a Taliban video in the in the in the Rocky Mountains of Afghanistan. So uh, their, their production quality is actually quite a bit better. So it's quite funny you can get electricity in those uh, hills, and you can't even get it in the country with so much coal as Africa. So uh, yeah, um, uh, it's uh, I still need to upgrade my system to full lights and stuff like that. So the inverter and battery just runs a TV and a code and a, and one or two lights to keep it going. Uh, but yeah, uh, trying to trying to survive with this, and yeah, looking forward to rugby this weekend. Some uh, some really cracking fixtures. So yeah, hopefully, we can we can find the boys some winners. Excellent. Well, Sharkbrain just mentioned the Bunnings MPC kicking off, so don't worry, Sharkbrain, we got that covered for you. We're going to start with the rugby championship because both Harry and Oracle are going to join us for that one, and then they're going to pop off, and we'll have the conductor taking us through. I've never seen the conductor so excited. I mean, most people are excited for the rugby championship, but this guy is absolutely gagging. Him and Henrik, I know for the NPC. And I guess it comes down to the fact that there's money to be made there. Uh, just a shout out to Shane. I saw that picture, Shane, of you and Brian O'Driscoll 
uh, on, on Twitter. So uh, great to see. And uh, yeah, certainly one of my favorite rugby players of all time was old Driscoll. But let's get started and let's get cracking with the rugby championship now. And of course, well, we've only got two games to talk about this weekend. And I'm not going to start with Oracle on this one because I'm sure, I almost know I think where Oracle's going to be leaning here. So let's actually start with the conductor on this one. Conductor, we've got the box. I've seen minus one and a half, minus two and a half. The bottom line is that we've got very narrow favorites here. A virtual choice game as far as the bookmakers go. I've also seen quite a lot of division on social media and that, you know. Yeah. Wounded New Zealand to bounce back. Others saying that this box pack is just going to be too strong for them. What are your views on this one? Uh, taking place, of course, in Nelspray. Yeah, I still have rent here. This has been, uh, you know, we've obviously had two weeks of pretty much no rugby to try and prepare for this. And, uh, and I think a lot of the guys haven't seen the articles coming out and, uh, you know, uh, everything, you know, everything happening with uh, ex-All Black players trying to box current All Black players in the streets and uh, and uh, Ian Foster, you know, everyone having a go at Ian Foster, everyone having a go at Mark Robinson, the CEO of uh, New Zealand Rugby. And I think, uh, you know, we, we forget how, closely tied uh, All Black Rugby is to New Zealand as, as a country, etc. So I think they're hurting badly after uh, that, that Irish Test Series loss. Um, you know, obviously for me, they're in a bad place purely because of not really being able to bring back players to really change things around. Um, so, yeah, so Brenty, my, my feelings on this is, you know, looking at that All Black side, there is one or two positive changes, one being... Tomasani Tokuyahu back at hooker. He was far, he was for me the far most physical ball carrier for the All Blacks. Um, he's a far better hooker than uh, Cody Taylor as well. Um, Caleb Clark back in at left wing, but then but then the, the bad news starts for New Zealand uh, at loose head with George Bauer. George Bauer should be nowhere near an international scrum. He's he's horrendous. He got absolutely dominated by the Irish pack. Um, I think. Uh, I think Francois Hadebe is going to fold him like an origami swan. Um, he's in for a long day in Null Sprites. Um, then you look at the, obviously Kane, he was very, very, uh, he was very poor in the Irish series. He's been retained captain. One would have thought that they would have probably maybe brought in somebody else to to replace him. Uh, he's still there. That's quite a surprise. And then uh, probably their biggest weakness is 12 and 13. Uh, with David Avili, who's not really that quick. Um, to me, he's not, he's not an amazing distributor. And then, uh, you know, 13 being Ricky Ioani. So, you know, uh, you know, watching highlights of previous years of New Zealand where you had guys like Ma Nanu and Conrad Smith at 12 and 13, it was just, you know, it's just a completely different bag of hammers to the current crop of All Blacks that got there. Look, like I said, they will be desperate. Um, you know, for me, they're targeting those sprites. All three tests against Ireland were played at night under the lights, maybe slightly dewy conditions. It will be the most perfect running conditions in Nelspreit, 5 o'clock kickoff, not at upper altitude, but there will be slight altitude factor, but perfect, perfect running conditions. Um, New Zealand, like I said, will be desperate to try and win this. It's that, I think they're gearing everything to try and squeeze out a win. Foster has two games, uh, from what Mark Robinson has said, Foster has two games to, to rectify or save his career. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I was just thinking that the Irish, I haven't quite seen the stats, the Irish uh, conversion rate in, in the New Zealand 22 was so clinical. I just don't know if we're going to have the same conversion rate when we get into their 22. Obviously, our style will be more so up and unders, uh, kicking onto them, etc., which may more suit a guy like Will Jordan and Caleb Clark 
to return the return the ball. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with our series against Wales. I thought we conceded some easy tries. If we look at that first test, we needed a massive comeback in the second half to beat them. The third test wasn't convincing as well. Uh, they were very, very down on power in their front row. And I don't think we played brilliantly. We look, we won by, I think, 16 points. But um, to me, it wasn't a convincing series against Wales. That being said, like I said, my, probably my bets for here would probably be New Zealand on the board, uh, New Zealand on the plus, and I'd probably look at the points. Uh, watching the breakdown, Justin Wilson had a very good – sorry, I'm, I'll be my last point. Justin Wilson had very good points, and I very, do, very much tend to agree with him. The All Blacks aren't going to try and match South Africa physically. They can't. They know they know what's coming at them. They're not going to be able to defend the rolling more. Even with Jason Ryan coming in as a forwards coach, they're not going to be able to defend as physically against our forwards. So I think they're going to need to score points. And this is where guys like Will Jordan, um, Ricky Ioani and Caleb Clark are massively going to come in. Maybe a, a guy like Richie Moang in the second half. They're going to need to score points. So if I can get a lowish line for All Black overs, I'd probably look at that as well. Um, I... I I see All Blacks winning this first test and us, us winning in Ellis Park. Right, it's going to be interesting to see. I see Southpaw reckons you know, he's hoping for a line in about the mid-40s and we'll be going over there. I think we could well get some some points action. Harry, what are your views on this game? First of all, uh, from a handicap and result perspective, but also do you think we, we can, the contrast of styles is going to result in points or are we going to get a situation where, where it's going to become a bit of a stalemate? Uh, actually, I see everything exactly opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say uh, I'll start first with the altitude issue. So low felt, I think actually is better for the box. I'll tell you why. None of the box actually live at altitude anymore. Uh, you can go down the pack one by one. You can go into the backs. They are living in Manchester, Toulouse, Cape Town, Durban. I mean, there's very, very few people like maybe Kurt the Aronsa can actually uh, say I live better at altitude. When that's true, it goes to the fittest guy. And I still think the All Blacks can, can actually be the most fit team in terms of aerobics, right? So I think actually it's going to favor the big box pack to be uh, at Nell Strait and not laboring in Ellis Park. So for me, the second test is where I think the All Blacks might show their backlash. I'm predicting no backlash on this test. I'm predicting a docile, lame, lamb-like All Blacks uh, following on from from the, uh, the the Irish series. I know that's very difficult to compare series to series, but for me, Wales was not nearly as bad as people say. It's a thousand caps, uh, uh, 10 lions. Uh, I, I went to Cardiff and watched uh, France play Wales this year. It was 13-9. Uh, it's very difficult to play rugby against Wales. I think All Blacks are gonna run the ball into the teeth of the Buck defense, trying to score points, trying to be hero ball, putting everything on one guy, Akira Ioni, Ari Savea, uh, hey, Jordy, do this, hey, Bowden, do that. And it's going to play right into the hands of Minaba's defense, which is built for turnover ball and only built for turnover ball because we don't play unless we have irregular broken defenses against us. So it's a kick fest, keep the, keep the score down. But I do think uh, where I agree with my friend is Franz Malhadov is going to eat George Bauer. I mean, he's going to eat him. And then he's going to shoot him out. And then he's going to say, bring me another one. And then it's going to happen again. And I think when you look at the bomb squad, it gets even worse. I mean, Kitsoff is in top form. You have Bongis coming out of his mind. You have Malcolm Marks coming on first, who's, you know, 50th test. It all sets up for a, a problem for the All Blacks in this way. And I'm going to tell you why. There's no backlash because there's no tight five. There's no tight five for the All Blacks today. 
And from 2012 to 2016, which we all remember with horror, it's because they had a dynamic Franks brothers, top of the game, beautiful locks. Now they have an aging Sam Whitelock, who reminds me of Victor at the Lost Days. And you have uh, Scott Barrett trying to play lock. You have, no, like say, no-name props. I think there's just nothing there if the box played the, the right way. Now, that being said, uh, could there be individual brilliance, an intercept, a runaway? Of course. And that's what they did to the Irish in about, what, 15 minutes? They scored five In that tries. first test, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's always that problem. But I don't think they're going to come ready for lower fault. I think going to a place like there is it's almost tougher for a visitor. It's so different. It's like right on the Mozambique border. It's it's completely different. It's, it's not even a city. It's like you're living in, you're coming to a different place. I think they should play all the matches there. They should play them. I mean, they should play them in the on the border of, of uh, Namibia. They should play them in Botswana. But, it, you know, I think, you know, going nowadays to Ellis Park is not nearly as uh, intimidating for the All Blacks as it used to be. Like I said, the Bucks don't even live at altitude anymore. So they're all living on the Riviera. Right. Okay. So interesting. Two very different opinions so far. And I purposely left Oracle to last because I just know he's going to have a different opinion on this one as, as well com compared to the, the, the conductor there. And Oracle, I'm, I'm bringing you in now, man. This is a, a very tight game according to the bookies. Are you going to tell me that the bookies have got this one wrong? Um, so, Brent, it's, a, it's an interesting one, eh? This, this particular um, match is apparently the fourth time that South Africa, sorry, not South Africa, but a non-New Zealand team, sorry, uh, a team playing New Zealand has been favourite. So, in other words, the All Blacks. Okay, got you, got you. So I heard that today, and I and I did remember. I, I remember a day, uh, Super Saturday was that program, which, as you know from the interview you did with me, how I got involved in this industry in the in the first place. Terry Payne sitting there, and he's a soccer punter, and they're going like they're going through the whole, uh, you know, the prices. He goes, hold on a second, did you say nine to ten All Blacks? And he's and they and whoever it was, I think it was Andy Capistano or whoever it was, he said yes. He says, I can get nine to ten All Blacks to win a test match in rugby? And they said, yes. He says, well, that, I'm just having that. And, you know, they all laughed in the office in South Africa. I think we're, you know, you know it was nine to ten the game, but the, the point is everyone was all over South Africa. And the following week, he sat there with a big smile on his face because they'd won the game. It was the game. I think it was the 2014 game. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, I had a, a voice note from a mate of mine that used to work with me. And he said to me, New Zealand are 12 to 10 to win this game. And I said to him, yes. And he said, but that's crazy. And I, I hear this and I, and I feel it. But I'm going to tell you all that it's, it's true. This is the first time that, I mean, I've, I've backed South Africa before to beat the All Blacks when they've been favourite. But this particular time, I'm going to say, the the New Zealand got no chance here. They just don't have any chance. They've got they've got a coach that's I don't know. Nobody likes him. I'm reading I'm reading stuff on like I read that stuff dot in co.nz, and I read the comments of the um, the public. You know I know that News Twenty Four and whatever allowed us to comment before, but a lot of these guys are saying, but hang on a second. 
just let the let the Sivans win. We don't like um, Foster, whatever his name is, and I know I'm, it's a pity Henrik's not on tonight because he's saying they're badly coached. But I don't think the public like this guy. I've got a couple of mates in New Zealand. I've phoned them over the last couple of weeks, and they're telling me the man in the street, the person in the office, the girl at the water cooler, the guy in the coffee machine. They going like New Zealand are crap. Like why are we? I'm not. Are you watching the game? I'm not even watching. Is the attitude? The public. They've lost the public. I think they've lost the change room. I think Sam Kane. I mean, yes, we we're not always seeing every single picture of him uh, in in every facet, but you see him on the side of the field and he's he's got his you know his jacket up and his beanie on, his hoodie over, and he looks like he's about to be shot dead. You know that team is, in my opinion. In, I'm 51 years old. I've not seen a New Zealand team this distraught, this out of context of what's going on in the public and the world. And I'm hearing the conductor saying that that the price is right. And I, and I agree with him. This is the biggest price. you can. If you want to back New Zealand, this is the biggest price you're going to get probably this side of 10 years before us and this side of 10 years in front of us. I don't know. It's, it's a huge price. 12 to 10 about the board is massive. It's just what what we as punters for 20 years, we haven't seen prices like this. But you know what I've done, Brent? I've gone one step further. I've said, absolutely stuff this. I've taken minus 14, minus 13, minus 9, minus 7. I've taken minus 1 at even money. I'm all over the box here. I think this is one-way traffic. This is race over. And, and I know that I got a bit of heat on Twitter about three or four weeks ago when I went, you know, with the Wales game. And I'll explain that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you, if you're not sure what to do in this game, don't worry about the you know, the rhetoric and the banging of the beating of the drum of this is the best prices uh, you'll see of New Zealand. I'm telling you now, you're getting about seven points better than what you should on South Africa. This is, I mean, sorry, you're getting better price on South Africa than you should get because New Zealand are always overpriced. New Zealand at 12 to 10 should actually be 2 to 1, 3 to 1, 4 to 1 to win this game. They know where. I'm, I'm going to guess here. This is a guess. And this is based on, I mean, I, I laugh at Harry and Conductor. They know the players. I don't know the players. I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking to myself, you guys are talking about this like playing and that like playing. I'm going to give you a simple stat for the guys that behave like me. They don't know every player. I'm going to tell you that they're sending 40-odd people to South Africa. I'm going to suggest that at least... 16 of those, right, which is 40%, have not even been to South Africa before. And I'm going to suggest even further that the other 24-odd, the 60% that have been to South Africa, have not even played in the last four years here. These are, I mean, we talk, I, I laughed on stuff.co.nz. They're going, oh, this is not half felt. It's 700 metres. Brew, this is higher than any stadium in New Zealand. 700 metres is still high. I don't care what you say. I lived at 650 meters above sea level in, in Asagar between Durban and Maritzburg. I know, 700 meters high. There's a four or five degree difference in temperature. Oaks are wearing t-shirts and baggies when I get to Durban and I'm sitting with a jacket on and I'm lighting a fire. It's a different place. 600 meters to sea level, 700 meters to sea level, big, big difference. And Fafter Clerk is at home. This is where he came from. I always used to say about that uh, Tablanche character. Never went back to the Berlin to play his rugby when he finished off. Fafter Clerk will finish his career in Nelspreit because this is where he came from. This is where they found him. And I'm telling you, he's going to play his best game on Saturday. South Africa are, are mountains ahead of this New Zealand team. They got nothing. And, you know, I, I had another mate of mine telling me uh, World Sports Betting or Sunbet had... Uh, 
11 to 10, about uh, 1 to 7 either way, including the draw. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't think South Africa will win this game comfortably, that's huge value. That represents on collective pricing 31 to 1 on every single one of those 15 to 1, sorry, those 15 prices. But I'm going to tell you that 18 to 10, about minus 7 South Africa here, is fantastic. I've gone further. I've taken 5 to 1, about minus 14, and I'm all over it. I've taken minus 1, right? I took minus 1, decent strike, a couple more. And that's my barrier. So I'll, I'll tell you honestly, if South Africa won by two, three, four, five, six, seven, or whatever, I don't win much money. Uh, it's peanuts. But if South Africa win this game by 15 or more, you will not see me on the show next week because I will still be on a hangover. This is game over for me. And I'm going to go another step further and tell you, South Africa are for some stupid reason, 15 to 10, 18 to 10 on and Keith I bet exchange today to win the rugby championship. Now, I've, I've backed this before. I've had it. I've had this bet. And I've lost it. I've lost it every time. But I'm going to tell you, how do you South Africa, how is South Africa favoured in this match? But they're not favoured in the rugby championship. They're not playing in New Zealand. Yes, they're playing two games in Australia. But that Australian team was absolutely, I don't know, mediocre, if, if anything. And that's being polite to them against those, uh, those English I don't know. If you don't, if you don't think South Africa will win this game, or you think they're going to win one of these games and they're going to win the tournament, go get your 18 to 10 at Keitho. Most other firms are 14 or 15 to 10, still value. South Africa should be seven to 10 to win this tournament. They should be minus eight in this game. I say this is absolute race over, and I do apologise. Sorry, I'll get. Uh, I'll finish off by saying I made a mistake with that Wales tour. South Africa played Wales in the first game. They stuffed around. But more importantly, the second game, they stuffed around even more. I'm of the opinion that this Ninobe is a very clever act. He's much cleverer than I thought he was. He's going, let the, give them a penalty. Give them another penalty. Let's get onto our try line and try and defend it. And he got it wrong. But he tried a few things and it worked. I was at the third game at Cape Town. And I'm going to question another thing. Why did they give Andre Pollard a kick? When you're leading by 10, I understand, and there's three minutes left. Take a kick. You win by 13. You're leading by 13, sorry. The other team needs to score twice to win the game. But when you're leading by 13, why are you taking a kick? What's the point? There's 90 seconds aboard. Go for a rolling ball. Go kick it in the corner and play. They did a disservice to the people, and I'm not joking, a thousand rand a ticket, Brent. I'm telling you, my, I told my son I'm buying him a ticket, and then I find out a thousand rand. I said, sorry, but you're watching on TV. I'm not paying a thousand rand for this. Someone else bought my tickets, I went, but I wasn't paying for it. 1,000 Rand, I'm not interested. 700 metres, low felt, they win. They go to Joburg next week, they win again. 18 to 10 at Keitho right now, so they're going to win the, uh, the rugby championship. It's the biggest gift you're going to get this side of Christmas, and I'm going to say that side of Christmas as well. I'm out. All over South Africa, race over, put the results in, pay us funders. Uh, for those who didn't catch that, Oracle's quite firm on the uh, the box this, <laughs> this weekend. Uh, it, no, was, it, was, it was ambiguous, Brent. I can't decide where he was actually going with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've actually got the, the, the... Just quickly to get to you two guys. And sorry, I do I do mute Oracle because for some reason with Oracle, when he's not talking, I get interference. So I, I mute him in between. It's not that yeah. I don't want him to pipe up and say anything else. But uh, Harry, quickly yourself, anything on the uh, any views on the outright um, tournament? I've got the sort of odd scrolling. I, I didn't yeah. realize it was 18 to 10 about South Africa, but I, I take Oracle's point that with South Africa being favored for this game, and you've got to assume if they then win this game, they're going to be favorites for the next game. 
it is quite strange yeah. to see New Zealand favourites for the for the championship. Yeah, I think it has to do with bonus points. So we're terrible at getting at banking bonus points. And the other thing is we're really bad in Australia and we again have to play two in Australia. And I understand that we should never lose to Australia in this kind of year, but we find a way to lose to Australia. So I think what I have it as five wins for the box, four wins for New Zealand. They clean up against the other two guys and get better through the tournament. Uh, I think they just have a matchup problem right now with the box. I mean, it's a serious, long standing problem. They're under, under, they're under 20s are the same way, by the way. New Zealand's under 20s are not big. They have no locks. They have no props. Uh, but then I think Australia wins three by winning two uh, against Ar Argentina and then nip one off us, maybe in Adelaide. Uh, we travel, you know, with 2-0, we kill the All Blacks, and then we go there and stuff it up. So that's how I see it playing. The problem with me predicting who wins the tournament then is uh, bonus points. So, you know, we, we don't run away from teams. We, we kind of win 18-10, 22-3. I like it, trust me. I think there should be no bonus points. But it's difficult to punt off that because you don't know even a losing voting point could decide it. So if it's 5-4-3, Australia cannot win, yes. But then the All Blacks could still nip it somehow in some weird, you know, 5-6 try win. So I would still, that, that's why I don't think the 18-10 is bad. I think it's, it's a box tournament to win. I also think the All Blacks, if they lose a Nels break, they're going to lose. The, the, they're not going to be able to win the tournament. So for them, it's everything this uh, weekend. I think yeah. the box can still win, but uh, but I think for for the All Blacks it is all in. I just don't. They haven't got the firepower. I think they don't have um, the right uh, combinations. I think they have number thirteen, not really a thirteen. They've got they've got um, they've got people playing out of position. Uh, people are just not properly slotted in, you know, and they the danger men are not even really used very well. So I, I'm going to say it's the box tournaments, and it um, yeah, it's a long time coming. I think it's weird. It's weird for Bok fans to be front runners. It's uh, something inside goes, no, 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 no. Something bad will happen. It's at, at minute 78, Bowden Barrett's going to run from here to there and score. I, I, I understand it, but I don't think it's uh, justified in this case. It's interesting, um, Conductor, just to get your views, if there's anything you like on the outright, because um, Harry mentions the fact that the box are not used to starting against New Zealand as yeah. favourites or going in. Favorites. And it's true. It kind of reminds me of another team that I actually play in, and they ended up winning the Curry Cup, admittedly. But how many times over the season playing in Nelspreit where the Pumas would start six and a half point favourites against one of the big unions and we'd go, shit, you know, if they were underdogs, we'd be all over them. But the moment they're favourites, yeah. we're, we're, we're a little bit nervous. Um, <laughs> what are your views? Anything, I mean, I was a bit disappointed by the, just the range of bookmakers' markets. I might have missed something, but there wasn't a lot of... Um, you know, markets other than the straight win betting from what I, what I could find. Anything for you long-term? Well, I mean, Brent, I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I, I outlined, I thought, uh, it's, I see it's come down that 22 to 10 on South Africa was a cracking price, considering that we had the two tests against New Zealand, both at altitude, uh, traveling to Australia. We avoid Fort Fortress Brisbane, one game in Argentina who aren't great, takes in my opinion at the moment, and one a game against Argentina at home. Um, so, I mean, like I, you know, like uh, you know, Harry says, I said, I think it's a box uh, series to lose. Um, you know, my only concern with putting the the farm down on the twenty-two to ten is uh, we've seen Jacques and Rossi come up with some different ways of rotating their squad. So will they send maybe a rotated squad to Australia? Um, to I mean, really, Rossi's it's it's mission twenty twenty-three for Rossi. 
Um, you know, he wants to build depth. That's basically his his mission. Um, I mean, obviously, rugby championship would be great, but he wants to win another World Cup. So, um, for me, he might send a, a weekend side to one of the Australian games, etc. So, you know, like he did in the in the Welsh second test. So, you know, that's a possibility for the outright. But um, yeah, so that's that's my my view on the outrights. Um, yeah, it's it's, and I agree with what uh, you know. I agree with what Harry says. Uh, I'm going to disagree with what uh, Gavin says. You know, we just we we as South Africans, we're very conservative. We don't believe in ourselves enough. When it's we start as favourites, it's a red flag. It's like um, it's like waking up. You put a couple of grand on on Pakistan to win the the fifth day of a, of a test. You you put the roast in the oven. You 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 chuckle for a beer. You come back, you see they've lost nine wickets for four, for forty runs, that kind of thing. They just we just struggle to be favourites. We don't have the mental ability to to embrace that favourites tag and really pump a team. I mean, if you take that uh, that fifty seven nil against New Zealand rights, we went there with an absolute shambles of a team and they absolutely tore us apart. We we just don't really do that to teams, and that that really that complements to what Terry says with regards to bonus points, even against a weak New Zealand team. I think on max on max winning margin will be 15 or 20. We, we'd never pump him by 35. We just don't have the mentality. So I look. I mean, there was a stat by Tank Lanning this week. Um, the last six Test matches between the All Blacks and South Africa, the total total margin has been 10 points in total. So I mean, it's been absolutely close between the two teams. Um, we've got a lot of respect for New Zealand. New Zealand have got a lot of respect for us. Let me up for the game. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to be a cracker. Excellent. Well, let's move on to the next game. Then we certainly uh, got got some great analysis. I must admit, I'm scratching my head a little bit, literally, yeah, because I've got to come up with a newsletter best bet tomorrow, and we've got some very firm differences of opinion. Yeah, I'll probably wait for the points lines before getting involved. But let's move on to Argentina now against Australia. I'm gonna, I've had him on mute for a bit, so I'm going to bring the Oracle in first year and get his views on this one. Oracle, we've got Argentina at home, underdogs by six and a half points against Australia. Where's your money here? Um, I just want to, first of all, say that I, I agree with you, Conductor. I actually do agree with you. We don't hold that uh, favourites tab very well. Um, you know, I just I just think that the some of the the evils here or the some of the, 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 the parts, so to speak, is that New Zealand, for me, are just... They're so far gone that it doesn't – we don't even have to be – I don't think we're in the same situation. Uh, I'm going back to 2014, and I'm going to back to other scenarios where we've been almost favourite. And like I said, I've been there. I know. I've been the punter there. I've, I've, I've done my money. I know how it feels. But this time just feels different. It almost feels like – it's like under 12 versus under 7. And, yes, we probably have – you know, our records probably we've beaten this New Zealand team by, I don't know, 16, 18 points, maybe 20. I know we haven't beaten them by 30. And they've. And I was at that game in Durban. I, I wasn't at the one in Albany where it was 56-0. I was at the Durban game, which was 48-12 or 52-12. It was, it was stupid. I mean, half the stadium left before the before there was even 20 minutes left in the game. I was there. I know I, 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 as a box supporter and a box punter, I've been, in, I've been in those clothes. I've been in those shorts. I've been in those shoes, whatever. I've been there. I know what you're saying. I just think this is a little different. I think this is really – they were they, – they just so – they're in the worst. I don't know if – I'm going to suggest 
that they're in a worse place than we were when we got done 56-0 and 48-10. I just do. I just think that New Zealand rugby, that, you know, the guys on the chat are going like, let's lose this game so we get rid of Foster. Something interesting I noticed by watching that breakdown show is that Jeff Wilson, he seems to be getting quite, he's getting his back up with that other chap, I can't remember his name, that's on the show as well. Almost suggesting like it's okay for, you know, for the, for the crowd or for the public to say, let's get rid of Hanson. He's going, and he's going, but hang on a second. We've never got rid of a coach before. They've always resigned. We've employed them. They've, and they've, they don't get bombed like they do in this country and other countries for that matter. You know, New Zealand don't fire coaches. And the only way to get rid of that coach is to play badly. And I'm not suggesting they're going to play badly on purpose, but the country seems to think that it's okay if they lose this game or the series. And it's like they've given this guy a lifeline, which is crazy. And, and, and it's actually a bit of a gift as well, because if New Zealand do lose these two games, they will be a force at the World Cup. They'll get Razor or one of these other coaches to come in. They'll fix the problems. They've got enough time and they'll actually be a force. But right now they're third favourites or second favourites in this tournament. And honestly, we can, we can ask ourselves the question. New Zealand start rugby, <coughs> rugby World Cups as anything from even money to five to two. They don't start at seven and two and four to one. I mean, that's another price that's out of this world. Like, when do we ever see that? In my betting lifetime, I've not seen uh, New Zealand being seven and two or four to one to win a World Cup. I've never seen it. Doesn't happen. So it's not just the series. This is a far-fetching thing that the, that the world is looking at this and saying, "Hang on a second, this team's bad," and I'm going to agree with them. And I've had a punt. I've had a decent strike this week. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm going for it. I'm putting my money down and I'm having a proper go. With regards to this game we're about to talk about now, sorry, Argentina. I'm just going to put my hand up when I watch the video. I can tell when this game actually starts. <laughs> okay, so so as you know, I've always been an Argentina punter when they've been at home. They've, they've beaten South Africa there. They've come close to beating New Zealand. I know they, they won the game against New Zealand two years ago or whatever it was, 20-odd months ago in New Zealand, which is – Great, and they won it eight to one at the time. This 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 Australian team doesn't impress me. It just doesn't. I mean, they were they were flashy in that first game against England, and England played mediocre or average rugby and beat them in two games after that. I'm going to say Argentina win this game on the board. Am I putting a huge amount of money on? No, I'm not. It does depend on how much money I win on the South African game to how big my strike is. It might be a bit bigger. But I'm a one or two units uh, punter here on the Argentinians. A little bit on the board, a, a decent amount on the on the um, uh, on the plus. But my weekend is all about South Africa, yeah. and and if South Africa win this game comfortably, my tournament bet looks good. And sorry, Harry, I also agree with you. Bonus points, I do agree with all of that. And I have punted South Africa to win this tournament before. I just feel so good right now. I've had a good week punting. I had a great gravel day yesterday. I had a good Kenilworth day before. I got that uh, Shongani in the Gold Cup on Saturday. I've actually had a fantastic week. So I'm actually punting with winnings right now. So I'm, I'm that oak in the pub that's just got the, the big win and I'm going, let's have another bet. So maybe you've got to look at that from a different perspective. But I'm having a proper go on South Africa. I'm having a mediocre go on Argentina. I think they win this game. Never mind the plus. You want to take the plus, take... Take the plus to 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 cover whatever stake you've had on the board. But I'm going board Argentina. I think they win this game. I know that that uh, Scotland team was okay in it. 
I think they, they needed a bit of practice. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. The big winners of South Africa leaving Super Rugby and Argentina for that matter are South Africa and Ireland. The big losers are, are New Zealand and Australia. And I think that uh, Argentina are somewhere in the middle. Don't know how they feel about it. But at home, I think they beat Australia. Right, thanks for that one, Oracle. Let's, I'm going to leave Harry for last on this game and we'll go to the conductor now. Conductor, are you uh, with Oracle on this one or going up against him again? Yeah, Brent, look at it. Argentina opened at plus nine and a half, and I thought that was great value. You know, I think any, anywhere we're getting almost double digits um, for a home team, I think, you know, you've got to take it. It's obviously come down to plus six and a half there. Um, I'm, I'm probably still a little bit on the plus six and a half. Argentina did get back quite a, quite a number of troops. Uh, Montoya back at two, Kubeli back at nine. Unfortunately, uh, Sanchez is injured. So Carreras back at 10, um, but Duelafente back in the centers and Maria back at uh, 15. So probably still as good, probably as, as, as good side as Michael Checker can pick. Um, I've tried to go through those Argentina Scotland highlights and I watched the games and, I, you know, it was difficult to decide if, if, if Scotland played well, if Argentina played poorly, Argentina had to score right at the end to win that last one. So, it's difficult, it's difficult to gauge, really, for me, where, where Argentina are as a side because they had quite a few injuries in that series. I think Scotland are, are improving. I think Northern Hemisphere rugby is improving given the fact that Ireland beat New Zealand with the, with the Welsh, ran, ran us close. Uh, England beat Australia. I think the Northern Hemisphere are improving. So I think, uh, you know, and Argentina, first time playing at home, you know, new coach, etc. Uh, Checker would obviously be quite intimate on the, the coaching setup of Australia. He knows what they're going to bring. Obviously, for Aussie, massive blow in Samu Karevi being out. He injured his leg in the sevens or injured his knee in the sevens. That's a massive blow. Uh, with Quade Cooper at 10, they've won five out of five games uh, with him and, and Karevi being a 10-12 partnership. So, um yeah, I mean, for me, they, they're saying they're going to shift uh, Hunter Passami to 12 uh, and Lynn Ikitao to 13. I don't know if that's the way I would have gone. I probably would have liked to have kept Hunter Passami. I don't think he's a good distributor of the ball. I probably would have liked to have taken Lolaka for Ketty. For me, for the Waratahs, a far better 12. Stays nice and square. He's, a, he's, got, he's good, a good left pass off the left hand. Um, he's, a, he's a far better rugby brain than Hunter Passami. Um, uh, you can't really do like for like. Karevi is a former bulkier player. Kasami is physical and abrasive, but he just doesn't have that bulk that um, Samu Karevi has. Um, I think Pareki's out. I think I think uh, they, they've had to ship over another another three there. Look, it's going to be daunting in Mendoza. Mendoza, you don't just rock up there and win. It's it's a it's a very very uh, yeah and, and intimidating place. The the fans will never will never greet you with. Uh, with open arms, uh, there might be a couple of laser pointers in the eyes of the kickers, etc. So, um, if, like I said in my tweet this week, if uh, if Argentina are losing, it's going to look like Lastenberry with uh, Quade Cooper's face being uh, all multiple colours trying to take a kick. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's the best possible RG lineup. Uh, Australia coming off a slightly poor, a poorish uh, test series against England. I don't think they played well. Uh, obviously, Arnold from uh, Toulouse, he might add a bit of bulk in, in that uh, locking locking position. I think Quade Cooper is, is going to be an absolute different gravy to Lolasio at 10. Uh, I do think uh, Aussie will win, but I just think Argentina might just cover this cap.
Right, and let's go to Harry now for his views on this game. Harry, will your bet size also depend on how you go in the bot game, or are you are you pretty consistent <laughs> with your bets? No, this actually I agree pretty much down the line with conductor, and I'll tell you why. Um, in this case, we have we have to look at the the factors, you know, compare them. So, how good is England? England is not as good as people uh, are thinking. Uh, they've actually been very very poor in the Six Nations. They struggle to score any tries. Uh, the fact that they were able to do okay and then ultimately prevail against Australia in Australia, it means that Australia is not as good as we want it to be. As Bok fans, we remember the two matches lost that we are elevating them, we're inflating them, actually. Tupo's been poor. Uh, the best players in Australia, the Wallabies, are the overseas players. Arnold, Karevi, Korobeti, and Cooper. They're by far the best players right now, which is a problem because it means that the standard of super rugby is actually not as high as they would wish. It also shows up in New Zealand. So they're like, I don't know who said this already, but the loss of the South African teams in that competition is bringing the whole Super Rugby Pacific down. It's too free flowing and it's not tight enough. So I think when you go up against Argentina, okay, their props are not very good right now, but they're loose forwards. Are you kidding me? Pablo Matera is one of the best loose forwards in the planet. You have Marcus Kramer, who's like, could literally walk right into the block team had the right kind of name and the right kind of uh, attitude. You have um, uh, Facundo Issa, difficult to stop, an engine. You got a young guy coming in, Gonzalez, that's a 21-year-old that looks like a Welsh Lucy. Lucy. You've got um, Lavanini, who's a proper animal. You've got some really big studs in that, in that team. Uh, a, a nice Luco Paolo from, uh, from Breve, who's playing lock. You've got a proper stack thing, and the hookers with, um, hookers with uh, Julio Montoya and, uh, and Gus Creevy are so much better than the Wallabies hookers right now with uh, Parecki out. I'm going to say this. I think even though you bring in Rory Ar Arnold and line out, losing your line out is terrible. We know that in test rugby right now, if you lose your line out, it's death or in finals rugby. Yeah, so Rory Arnold should be a, an advantage there, but he's not because now you're going to have uh, bad throwing hookers for the Wallabies looking into the sun of Mendoza with a crowd that wants to actually kill you. And it's very daunting and you and you, if you miss one, then the next one's worse. And then you miss the second one, and now it's like that three-foot putt, you know, with your mates for eighty bucks, and you don't, you cannot, you cannot find the hole. So I think what's going to happen is uh, that problem that happened to the Brumbies is going to replicate itself in this game, and so it's a shambles. Now that being said, there's no one better in the world than playing off the back foot than Quade Cooper. There's no one in the world better than you know gutting it out than the Wallabies. They can play with scraps but there's no way six and a half points no i think it's going to come down to a kick here and there uh, i don't know who's going to win the game but it's, it's going to be a two-point game one point game and it's not going to be attractive and it's going to have a lot of niggle um but i don't think that i think the wallabies lost to england in the end because they're loose forwards with hooper uh samu leota and uh valentini it's not a very well balanced loose forward and i think when you look at the pumas they're going to win the breakdown and they're going to um, ragdoll Hooper again. It's interesting. Just while you were talking there, Harry, I was having a look. Sunbet do offer that either team wins by seven or less at 12 to 10. And uh, yeah, I think I, I can't remember which test was I arrived in or one of the tests against Scotland as well. I was on that. It's not a bet I take often. But when I can't find a winner and, and maybe I don't have a strong band in the point, I, I think that bet, either team by seven or less at, at 12 to 10, six to five, I think you're going to be in the running right until the end there. I'd be very surprised if if either of these sides run away with it. So, yeah, very much very much aligned with your thinking there.
well, that's, of course, the rugby championship. We've just got the two games. So what we'll do now is just sum up. I'm just going to ask um, Conductor and Harry just to, just to sum up their sort of best bets and, 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 and feelings on the rugby championship. And then, gents, I will say thanks to you guys. It's been great chatting to you. And we'll we'll get the – sorry, Oracle and, and Harry, and then we'll get the Conductor's views on – on the uh, NPC, and we'll get his best bets right at the end. So, Harry, let's start with you then. Where, where's your? Uh, I mean, I think everyone's talking. I saw a meme today on Twitter where everyone was gathered around the Australia, uh, the New Zealand South Africa game, and no one was paying attention to the other game. <laughs> but from a betting perspective, obviously, we got to look at where the money is or where the money's to be made. Where's your Where's your bigger betting interest going this weekend? No, I, I, the box. I think it's a it's a rare opportunity. I think uh, someone, yeah, Oracle was saying this. 346 times out of 350 or whatever uh, favorites. I think it's just, there's just something about that bet. It's difficult to bet against New Zealand. But I think this is one of those times when you have to stop thinking about mystical legends and history and just look at the facts. There's not a pack. That pack is not ready for war on the low felt. It's not. It's going to be a problem for them. They're going to have uh, repetitive scrum penalties. They're going to have problems with them all. You don't bring in a mall defense guy and then one week it's fixed. This is not how it works in mall defense or scrums. Right. Oracle, I'm going to unmute you there, lad. You've been very patient. Let us uh, know your final thoughts for the weekend. And anything else? Uh, you got, uh, you heard you pick up Stenson in the Live Golf last week. You got anything for us this week? I did. And that, uh, you know, that, that I, I think I got him at 75 to 1. And he was like ridiculous prices. And I looked at this. I, I did back I backed the South Africans as well. And I was actually looking forward to a headline on Monday morning saying, uh, first non-South African to win the LRV. But I didn't see it. No no one picked up on that. Because those commentators, including that uh, fair T Irish guy, they're waiting and they're so desperate for an American to win that tournament. When they realized that, uh, 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 what's his name, Johnson couldn't win, and that uh, it was obviously only the Australian or the South African, uh, sorry, the Swedish. Then he started shouting about the team event. So, you know, and, and I also laughed at something else as well. It's they were saying that there were no spectators on the other holes. And when I saw that clubhouse, and I've got to tell you, Brent, I, I go to an LIV tournament one day. I'm not sitting at the 13th hole waiting for someone to putt. I'm going to the clubhouse where the party is. I'm not surprised that 99% of those spectators were lurking with intent around that clubhouse because that definitely is where it's all happening. But anyway, yes, I got that. I got Shangani. I, I, I did very well in the sevens. Interestingly, I had my biggest bet on Samoa to beat Australia on Saturday night, and I lost. That was my biggest bet of the weekend, Rand value or stake value, and I lost it. I still had a great weekend. So, yeah, I was horrified by that particular game. I couldn't believe Samoa lost 7-0 to Australia in that game. But, yes, my best bet this weekend, seriously, if you if you give yourself a little bit of legs here, a little bit of arms, and you can stretch a little bit out, take a bigger minus than you would probably think because you'll thank me on, uh, on Saturday night. I just think that if you think this is going to be a, like a two-point, four-point game, go take minus six or minus seven. If you think it's going to be a 10-point game, go take a bit of minus 12 or minus 13 because that's what I've done here. I've gone a little bit further than I would normally go because, honestly, this, this New Zealand team, whatever their problems are, and they look like they're big problems. I mean, those guys, seriously, were, were almost arguing with each other on breakdown, and that's like the biggest – the, the, sorry, the most family-orientated show I've ever seen on rugby. And they were looking like they were going to have a fist, you know, fist fight there. 
they were trying to hold it in their comments. Like they, they didn't want to implicate each other. It was like it was very PG. New Zealand are hurting. They are hurting badly. And this is literally going up. This is a 12-year-old going up to a nine-year-old in the corner of the of the playground, and looking around his shoulders to see if any teachers are watching, and he's giving that like a thumb. That's what's going to happen on Saturday. If South Africa look, South Africa can they win by 30? I don't think so. Can they win by 25? No. I think this is a, a 16 to 20 point game at at best, and that and I'm expecting best. But honestly, I won't be surprised if South Africa win this game by six or seven points. Uh, and and they'll think they want it comfortably, and they'll feel like they want it comfortably. Next week's a different story. I honestly think this is. I don't think New Zealand win this game. I don't think they come close. Though. The closest I'll get is nil nil when the when the uh, you know the, the first whistle goes. That's as close as I'll get. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for uh, wrapping up the the, the bets there. Uh, certainly, as I say, plenty to think about for all of us punters on, on this game. And first of all, to yourself, Oracle. Thanks very much. Good to have you on the show again, and I look forward to chatting to you soon, mate. Have a great weekend. And Harry, likewise for you, great to have you on the show and uh, look forward to your views uh, as the international season progresses. And then also, when are you actually heading to Oz? I'll come back to you now, Oracle. When, when are you heading to Oz? Uh, 20, 26 of August. So I'll be there for about eight days. Excellent. And you're going to both games? Yeah. Excellent. Well, we look forward to those pitch reports and weather condition reports just beforehand as well. But Harry, thanks very much. Oracle, you got a final word you wanted to say there before we get into NPC? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I've seen a few comments and I made the Josh Trust comment earlier, but um, my comment is to the conductor. First of all, I'm fucking impressed. Uh, I know you're probably going to mute that or whatever, but I'm very impressed with that beard. It's live, Gavin, but, but it's live. I can't. But, but seriously, conductor, are you going somewhere? How, how far are you going to? Because I'm really impressed. I've, I, I give up after three or four weeks and then I shave. And I did. It. I think the longest I went was two months. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm jealous. But I'm very impressed. Like, are you? Where are you going with this thing? I, I had to buy myself a double cap bucky, so you have to sort of grow the beard to have the bucky. It's, it's sort of part and parcel living Victoria. It's just it's one of those things comes hand in hand. Excellent, boys. Well, right. Thanks very much, Harry. Thanks, Oracle. We'll see you guys soon. We're going to chat a little bit of NPC now. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, boys. Thanks. Conductor, well, I never thought we would be, what, 50 minutes into the show by the time we started MPC, but we certainly had plenty to chat about. There's some great differences <laughs> of opinion as well. And yeah. your MPC is starting this weekend, and I know you're damn excited about it, eh? Absolutely, Brent. So I just want to come back to one of the guys ask a question um, about Angus Gardner. On the, obviously, Angus Gardner being the referee for the box versus uh, New Zealand. Uh, somebody on the forum posted, we've got a th uh, four, four Gardner on the box. We've lost three out of four. I can't remember what the other two was. I know we lost the one in um, in England, where uh, that was one where Owen Farrell uh, shoulder charged um, uh, Esterhazen, and then they, we didn't get the penalty. He ha he had the second test versus us versus Wales recently. I'm not sure of the other two. So I know I know Angus Gardner does love to give a penalty. Uh, if that if that stat is correct, then we don't have the greatest record with Angus Gardner. Uh, referring us um, um, again, or well, uh, referring South Africa, so that that may be a factor. But yeah, Brent, yeah, I'm uh, actually chomping at the bits. Look, the first weekend of of NPC is difficult. It's all it's a lot of new players, etc. There's big turnover, etc. So it's just getting to know the players, getting to know the squads, 
I, I love NPC. You know, one day if I hope I have a child, I'll be as excited for his arrival for his arrival as uh, as I am for NPC because I, I just love this uh, time of year. Uh, bookies often the reason why I say that bookies often get the the odds quite wrong, um, and there's a lot of value. And I just love waking up at 4 a.m. to watch uh, these fixtures in in small town or small places like Pukekohe. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited to get going on on the on the weekend. I won't be sinking the farm on the first round. I don't. I never believe in that. I just want to just unless there's massive value. There was a bit of value, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I mean, the first round I like to just sort of test the waters and then start. You know, second round, uh, you know, start flying in. But uh, yeah, on the on the Manawatu Canterbury, this this line has come in is shifted quite a bit. So I think Manawatu started in around 17 and a half, 18 and a half. It shifted to about uh, probably about 23, 24 places. I managed to get a plus 24 and a half against Canterbury. Canterbury released a team sheet first. Look, it's a really, really strong side. Um, Owen Franks is back. Um, he's he's playing for Canterbury. Uh, I think uh, Fletcher Newell yeah, is is with the South African side. Oh, it's so with the New Zealand side in South Africa. So Owen Franks has apparently private school balls to pay. So he's uh, lining up for Cantabs again. Uh, Willie Hines is back from England. Uh, but you're really good. It's a good lineup. That that Lucio in itself with Harmon, Cullen, Grace, and um, so I'm just trying to think of the other one. Uh, 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 Christy, really, really good Lucio. Mitch Drummond, supremely experienced nine. Fergus Burke played quite a bit of rugby for the Crusaders and Canterbury. Um, you know, yeah, Dallas McLeod played for quite a bit for Canterbury, uh, Punivai, uh, you know, all these lads. You know, it's, a, it's Zach Gallagher in the locks for Cantabs. Good Cantabs side. Um, Manawatu, they seem to have improved quite a bit. Uh, they made the semifinals of the championships last year, lost to Otago in the semifinals. They've, won, they've come on quite a bit. Um, Brendan Yose, he's been an absolute superstar for them at loose forward. Slade McDowell, quite a good signing for them. So my uh, my feeling here, um, take the best plus. Uh, Canterbury can sometimes start quite slowly. I think the reverse fixture, I think it was last year or the year before, uh, Canterbury won about 25, 22. So at, at Central Energy Arena Park, whatever it's called, uh, for at the home ground of Manawatu, um, I think they'll probably keep it a bit tighter than this plus 21 and a half. I was hoping for a slightly lower overs for Manawatu. It's plus 16, it's 16 and a half, 17 and a half. I still like that. Brett Cameron, Brett Cameron is quite good off the tee for Manawatu. So I think that should, that should rack up some points. Um, I would like 14 and a half. And overs there is not too bad. But uh, yeah, the Manawatu plus is, is what I like there. Right, just quickly to mention, I got a, a WhatsApp from the betting stig. Um, well, I saw a WhatsApp of his uh, just before this. Uh, he likes under 57.5 points in this opener. And uh, he does mention the humidity levels are quite high and Canterbury can be quite slow starters. So interesting, that one. Any any view on the total points line there? Or do you think it's well set? Yeah, it, yeah it, is, it is a tricky one, hey. Because, I mean, like I said, with it, with a, it's a good Cantab side, but that, that line seems quite high as an, as an opening. I don't quite understand the weather. Yes, it is high. The, the, the humidity is high. I think it's about 80 80 odd percent but it's quite coolish it's about nine degrees ten degrees so i'm not we don't quite understand the the weather there etc but yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna touch too much on the on the totals i would have liked like i said the uh, smaller overs on on uh on manawa two um but yeah i'd probably lean towards under there i, I do agree with betting stick there 
Right, let's go counties Manukau against Otago. We got plus six and a half here on the home team for conductor. Yeah, Brent, this was this was one of the value bets early on. Uh, it was Otago minus two and a half. It is now taken out to six and a half. I'd probably still take the minus six and a half against counties. New coach for them. Um, they've got a very a, a, a quite, quite thin at depth uh, for counties. Um, and very, very much a, a, a side based of very local players. I think um, all the players play lo- local in local clubs, etc. Um, I think the only really big import for them is Nana Satura. I, I think he's a great finisher in the backs. And RC Tuala, he's come back from, I think, Northampton Saints. So um, those are good imports for counties. And Sean Reedy from Ulster. Um, but other than that, and obviously Sam Slade played for Moana Pacifica. He's not a bad player. He's a good, really, a really good loose forward. Really, really good tackle rates. Um, but that uh, Otago side is stacked with Highlanders talent. I think from 10 to 15, it's pretty much a Highlanders backline with Joshuani, Nareki, um, Umagan Jensen, uh, Sam Gilbert at 15. Really, really decent backline. James Link, he's with, with arm, armband again for them. Um, yeah, so de- a decent dish, uh, a really, really decent Otago side. They'll be looking to get a, a good, get their, their uh, campaign off, off to a good start. Um, the, the Otago have a good youngster at lock, Fabian Holland. He played for the All Black in the 20s, apparently a big guy, really, really tall, tall there. So I'll be looking to see how he goes. But yeah, like I said, the Otago side is stacked with, uh, with Honda's experience and Super Rugby experience versus uh, a somewhat inexperienced county side. Um, you know, the odd, odd player here or there quite good, but uh, I think it could be a long season for counties. Right, let's go to the next game. Why Catu minus four and a half against Hawks Bay? And just to mention, while you're talking there, Conductor, I've just got some outright betting uh, scrolling down the bottom there, if anyone uh, wants to have a look at that. Why Catu minus four and a half here? Uh, Brent, I, I'm going to lean towards a minus here. Um, you know, Waketo, very, very much, very much a similar side to who they were last year. They retained pretty much 99% of their squad from last year. Um, obviously, the uh, the big the big import is, is Damien McKenzie. So good to see him back in, in in New Zealand, back from Japan. I mean, we all know what absolute lava eye he can be at 10 or 15. Um Fletcher Smith, uh, he's he, I think he's he's back, he's off overseas. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to see him back for the Mulu men. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, Zon, Balen Sullivan, such a danger man for Waikato. Hawks Bay, similarly unchanged, very little movement in terms of their ranks. Um, they, they've just got, um, I'm just trying to think of their captain again, Gareth Evans, he's out, he had a bad injury. Uh, Jeff Cridge is gone. Uh, but other than, and Brad Weber will be at nine. I, I imagine with um, Lincoln McClatchy at ten. So you know, a, a very very handy Hawks Bay side. They've got a Ranfurly Shield game next week against Counties, I think. But uh, full focus will be on this game. But it's tough to look past this Waikato side. Really really stacked with talents. Um, and obviously they won the they won the Premiership last year. So um, I think they'll want to start strongly here. Right, next game, we got Auckland, minus 12 and a half against North Harbour, that price at Sunbet. Yeah, Brent, obviously Battle of the Bridge, uh, uh, Auckland versus North Harbour, um, a similar-ish side um, to the head last year. Obviously, Auckland missing a couple of guys in, in guys like Caleb Clark, uh, Ricky Ioane, uh, Akira Ioane, etc. 
Uh, but still, this, this, this guy, Shay Clark, he played for the Sevens. He's really a danger man. I think Bryce Heem will be there. Um, Harry Plummer's got the captain's armband there. Uh, in, de in a decent enough uh, pack for Auckland. Uh, really, really strong backline for Harbour. Um, Tavita Lee, uh, Stevenson, and Mark Talia. Talia's made move across from Tasman Marco to Harbour. Um, funny enough, Auckland, North Harbour, and Counties, they, their season was cut very short last year due to COVID. I think they played maybe the first two or three rounds, and then they didn't really compete for the rest of um, the the NPC. So they, they'll be chomping at the bit to get this going. To me, this this minus 12.5 looks a bit big. Uh, I, I, I like the plus 12.5. My only concern would be North Harbour forwards. They'd look a bit light in that respect. Um, and like I said, the Auckland pack is decent. Um, but I think the, the backs for uh, North Harbour should, uh, should be able to keep them in the game. Right, let's go to the next game then. Taranaki minus 18 and a half against Northland. Yeah, Brent. I mean, obviously, you know, I think what was said, I, I don't know, on Twitter and the groups, etc. Um, you know, obviously, I think Taranaki are being lined up as a, as a, as a, at a good price to for an outright. So I think uh, in some places you can get 16 to 1, 15 to 1 for Taranaki to win the whole tournament. The format has changed from years gone past where you had a premiership and a championship. Now, if there's an odds and an evens conference, then, you know, there's one winner. So, Taranaki obviously went unbeaten in the championship last year. Uh, well coached by Neil Barnes. Um, yeah, they, they really were formidable last year. There was a big uproar that they weren't going to be promoted to the, the premiership. But obviously, that's that's a, a moot point now because of obviously there's no championship premiership anymore. Um, but this point, this price, I like Northland. The, I like the Tony Fire on the plus um you know tom tom robinson big red he's he's there for um for northland uh northland have got have got a, had enough a couple of players i really like josh morby at 15 for them um he played well for the hurricanes in the super rugby really really you know rena ranger coming up coming in with his experience um so you know the the tenifer will box smart taranaki normally i'd take them on the minus but missing quite a couple of players uh michael bent josh lord Tupavai, uh, Jared Hoyata, uh, Lachlan Bashir, and Stephen Perifeta. Perifeta with the New Zealand side. So quite a couple missing out of Taranaki's side. Uh, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the plus there. Right, the plus for you there. Uh, one of the bigger handicaps, but here's an even bigger one. Tasman minus 25 and a half against Southland. Yeah, Brent, I don't know, I don't know too, much, too much to make of this. It really is, like you said, it's, it's a really big handicap to start off with. Uh, the only thing for me is Southland's at 10 might be a bit thin. Uh, Robbie Robinson has come back from Japan. He's got a, a bad niggle. Um, uh, uh, Marty Banks, a legend. He's 50-50 to start. Uh, so Greg Dyer might start at 10 for Southland. they got some, like I said, some injury issues. Uh, Tasman will be pissed off about last year regarding how they uh, went about their, their season. Um so it's a difficult one. It's a really big, it's a big handicap to cover. Um, I think the stags would be good value there. I don't know what their line will be. I'll probably maybe take a stags overs, uh, hoping for a line maybe of like 12 and a half, 13 and a half, something like that for Southland. Uh, probably look at something like that. Obviously, Tasman missing four or five good players, uh, guys like Will Jordan, you know, in the New Zealand camp. Um, yeah, but I mean, otherwise, Mitch Hunt, he was awful off the tee in Super Rugby. I don't know if his accuracy has improved. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a, it's a tough bet. 
Um, I'll, I'll have to wait for the team sheets, but probably I'd be leaning towards um, South and Overs. Um, yeah, maybe a, a small nibble on the plus, just considering it's quite a big cap. Right, just uh, giving the Crow Tips a shout out there. Obviously, a regular, well, the Crow Tips, as you know, a regular guest on the show, and he also follows all his rugby around the world. Northland Overs was the gift that kept on giving last season, and Brady in agreement with him there. Right, that takes us then to the last game of the, of the weekend. It's Wellington minus 10.5 against Bay of Plenty. Yeah, Brent, I think this game has got um, overs written all over it. It'll be a, if I'm not mistaken, it's a six o'clock kickoff for us. I might be mistaken. I think it's a six o'clock kickoff for us. That's a mid-afternoon kickoff in, in Wellington. Um, the, the weather looks really good there on Sunday morning. Um, if I look at that Wellington side, it really is a, it's a, it really is a, a, a running kind of setup with guys like Aidan Morgan at 10, uh, Julian Sevilla, um, Ruben Love at 15, uh, you know, Umaga Jensen, you know, these guys, I don't really hold much sway in their defense. Uh, Dupasi Karifi loves to give away a penalty and uh, Bay of Plenty uh, have, have a couple of good imports. I think um, in Milani Nanai, he's back from overseas. So um, he, he had a bit of a failed stint at Worcester. He's back for them. Uh, Moni Narawa, he's decent. Um, so I, yeah, I expect a, a nice running game there. So if we can get a line of about 53, 54 in Wellington, I'll, I'll definitely be an overs punt in that respect. Uh, that, be, that would be one of my bigger overs shots. Um, and I, I, I do like also overs in the, in the, in the, um, like, uh, uh, Chris was, Chris Rowe was saying, I like the Northern overs as well there. Right, well, that brings us to the end. We're going to get into your best bets now, but just a reminder to everyone, uh, the newsletter is also back this week. took a couple of weeks off because, let's face it, we called it a best bet newsletter, but it's very much a rugby best bet newsletter. I always struggle to find anything else as far as betting goes. So that will be back this week as well. As I say, I might wait for the, 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 the points lines on the, uh, on, the, um, on the rugby championship games before putting anything out there. But uh, look out for that. You can subscribe in the box down below. And also... Uh, pop into the good for the game forum where boys will be sharing their bets over the weekend finally if you do uh, like the show give us a like it certainly does help uh, the ratings a lot but that's it then as far as the show goes we've got one thing to get through and that's uh, the conductor's best bets first of all conductor how much longer how long does your wi-fi last during load shedding does it see you through the yeah. whole lot or yeah it's about need... three or four hours eh? so it normally, okay, normally is... sees me through yeah i yeah, know it just normally sees me through as yeah. long as it's just load shedding then you're okay it's in, in my yeah, situation it's, uh, you know different yeah yeah, when, when they when they've blown up the substation again, then it's a and that's a different kettle of fish, eh? No, so uh, no, definitely. Yeah, look, I said I'll, I'll be quite honest. I'm not going to get heavily involved in the um, New Zealand game. There's nothing really there that I see is massive value. I'll probably be getting more involved in NPC where it's not so tightly contested. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of the if I had to, if I had to nail my colours to the mast. Uh, I'd pro I, I, I still like New Zealand overs in that game. Um, in terms of the South Africa game, I think they're going to try and run it. Um, I like uh, odds, odds in a plus, but definitely my best bets the weekend uh, would be Otago um, on the minus. I'd like to see what Otago overs is. Um, it's an afternoon kickoff in Pukakoi, um, so the field should be great. Should be great running for the mighty O's. So I like overs for Otago. If we can get a decent line there, Otago minus. I really, really like the Monoa 2 plus. And then I really like the uh, Northland uh, plus. 
and then if we can, can get a decent decent line uh for the the in terms of the points in wellington i'll take an overs but your best bet for me uh the tonify northland plus there all right that's his best one but he obviously fancies quite a lot on the weekend conductor looking forward to staying in touch with you over whatsapp twitter and on the good for the game forum over the weekend uh farid just coming in with his best bets he says sorry he only made the end of the show AB's on the plus, so you'll be happy to hear someone coming out and support you on that one there, conductor. I mean, it wasn't a lot of support, eh? It was a bit uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that, though, because I purposely I bought you on first. I actually wasn't 100% sure which way you were going, but I knew which way Oracle was going, you know. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd bring you on and then Harry on, but I, I didn't I didn't realize Harry was also going to be so strong on the box. But uh, Certainly, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was good to hear, and it's given me plenty of food for thought. I'll have to sleep on it, I think. But anything else on the weekend for you that catches the eye betting-wise, uh, rugby aside? Uh, yeah, look, uh, we've got our uh, school derby this weekend. Uh, I wish I could put some cash down because I'd probably take offies to to give boys a bit of a hiding. So uh, now that I'm thinking coming, but uh, no, not, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, not really much to ask, please. And you're going to go watch the game uh, live? Yes, or you yes, it on yes, the yeah. Yeah, I'll take my my dose of humiliation uh, for the weekend and, and slunk slunk back to watch uh, Savage versus New Zealand. Yeah, it should be a, a good game. It's a really really big office side, cheesy, and they look they look well coached. So uh, against a couple of smaller English boys, um, so we'll see how we go. Hopefully, we can hold them for a good period of the game. <laughs> no, excellent. You're going to be one of those old boys wearing your old uniform there. No, yeah, I, I, I put on the old scarf, etc. But uh, it comes off very quickly once that uh, that fourth try gets run in within with the first twenty minutes, <laughs> and then you sort of uh, you sort of start making your way towards the bar, etc. So yeah, now yeah, I've been old boy for many years, and it's the results have have been fairly one sided. But yeah, it's like it's it's always nice. The game is at boys' side, so it's always nice to see. Uh, you know, you you probably see you probably get a better turnout at that uh, at these school games than you do at. Um, at most Curry Cup games, um, and if you look at that, uh, you know that poll, that poll, uh, oh, etc. Uh, the boys, the boys are will have at least 15,000 people there, so it's it's really well supported, and it's it's lucky to see it's 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 uh, it's good fun. Yeah, I must say, and that second half was unbelievable. I mean, very hard on on Paul Hume there. That 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 yeah, winning no, was, turned up was definitely not scored, but. But aside from that, just the intensity that was playing it was really. It was. I actually watched it, knowing the results. I didn't see it live, and I still found I didn't even fast forward. I was just watching everything, and it really, really was some great rugby to watch. I just uh, to mention for read this, and he's busy working on his data sets for the MPC. He'll share next week, so we're looking forward to seeing that. Yaku Robertson coming in and saying hi, hi, hi there, Yaku, and uh, yeah, Oricopedia still with us as well, saying uh, Pretoria boys v Maritzburg was big last week. Yaku coming in with a prediction there, 37-23. Well, that will certainly please the overs backers, Yaku, if that comes in. Hey, Conductor, thanks a lot, mate. It was great having thanks you on. Thanks to all the boys in the live chat. Uh, yeah, brilliant talk rugby and, and can't wait to get involved. I'm going to make a bit of money this weekend, that's for sure. Thanks, everyone. No, lucky. Beat the bookies. <laughs>